What is going on, Laker fans? Thank you for tuning in. Had a little all-star weekend. Trying to now get back into the groove here. And get back into the mix here. Uh, Lakers will have their first game coming up uh, this Friday. So we got a lot to get into tonight. Uh, Michael Thompson, nice enough to take a break from his all-star uh, break as well. And uh, he'll come join the show at 7.30, 8.30. Brad Turner from the LA Times. So um, this is how I want to start off the show. As always, I don't got to always just kind of throw out the number. You're, you're always invited. You want to be a part of Lakers Talk. You want to be a part of the conversation, 877-710-ESPN. Uh, at any time, any topic that uh, that I'm I'm in the middle of speaking on, um, pick up the phone if you want to have that conversation. So I'm going to stop the show with this. Are the Lakers still the va- favorites to win an NBA championship? Are they still the favorites to win a chip? So we had uh, a couple of different things go down um, over the weekend, and I'm going to talk about one team specifically and just kind of see how the Lakers stack up to um, – the rest of the Western Conference, the Brooklyn Nets, and and everything else that kind of follows in that. But a lot has changed since the beginning of the season. So if you guys remember, starting off the season, um, Lakers were the heavy favorites to, to win a championship. And then things kind of started, um, whether it be the Anthony Davis portion of things, where his health is a question mark, and we'll kind of see how that progresses. And, um, you know, I, I think the Lakers are going to do what they need to do and be as smart as they can about Anthony Davis and make sure that they take as much time, he takes as much time as he possibly needs to to come back. I remember Coach said this. It was close to close to about maybe a little over two weeks ago. He said about four weeks for Anthony Davis. So we'll see how things progress with AD. We'll see when AD eventually comes back. But that's obviously been a big storyline. If you actually look at the Lakers, the first half of the season, the one thing I would say that stuck out the most was Anthony Davis in and out of the lineup. And, of course, he missed the game against the Denver Nuggets or in the middle of the game he leaves uh, trying to make a move on Jokic. That's probably the biggest storyline that came from the Lakers. So that obviously is something that's different than than how we started the season. That wasn't a storyline coming into the season. It's been a storyline. All right, what else has changed since the beginning of the season when the Lakers were favorites to win an NBA championship? Um, Utah it kind of came out of nowhere. Um, they shown that they can be a threat. They got the number one record in the NBA. Uh, I don't want to put too much stock on the Utah Jazz, but they did kind of come out of nowhere. Everybody just assumed Lakers and the Clippers again. Uh, maybe Denver. Maybe uh, the Denver Nuggets, after making their run last season, beat Utah after down 3-1, to one, beat the Clippers after down 3-1, to one, and then fight against the Lakers in five games. Maybe this is part of their development this year. They would be the second-best team in the West. That, that wasn't the case right now. Utah is... I don't want to say running away with the Western Conference, but I do think in the second half of the season, that will be a priority to them and probably not as much of a priority to the Lakers and the Clippers as they're more concerned about getting their guys right, getting their health right as they get closer to the to the postseason. What else has changed since the beginning of the season? This is arguably the biggest change from the beginning of the season to where we are now. It's the Brooklyn Nets. Brooklyn, when the season started, was, by the way, that was already a pick. I'll use Michael Thompson as an example. Um, Michael and I would talk about, just during the Lakers preseason and pregame show, whatever the case is, we would talk about, all right, who's the favorite to come out of these? Is it Milwaukee? Is it the Philadelphia 76ers? Is Boston going to take that next step? Or is it Brooklyn? And Michael, before James Harden came to the Brooklyn Nets, was... um, was already putting the Brooklyn Nets as the favorite with Kevin Durant and with Kyrie Irving if Kevin Durant was the healthy KD that, you know, obviously he watched in the Golden State Warriors days, that that would be the team representing the Eastern Conference. Okay, well, since the beginning of the season, they added James Harden. And just recently, yesterday actually, uh, they added Blake Griffin. So when I say are the Lakers still the favorites to win the NBA championship, um, that's an opinion opinion if you think that uh, yes, you still think the Lakers are the team to beat or no, enough has changed since the beginning of the season that they're not your favorites anymore. According to Vegas, or at least according to Bet Online, the Brooklyn Nets are now the favorites to win a chip. So they're 13 to 5 odds to win it all. Lakers are listed as 14 to 5. Westgate Sportsbook puts the Nets at plus 250 and the Lakers at plus 275. So things are starting to shift now 
And there's a number of reasons that go into it. Brooklyn's been still playing good basketball. I think they won 10 of their last 11 games before they went to the break, and a lot of those games were without Kevin Durant. For the Lakers, we know they struggled. Um, what they lose? 7 of 10, 8 of 11, something along those lines When since Anthony Davis went out. So one team is trending one way, the other team is trending another. And then, like I mentioned, um, Blake Griffin just yesterday signed in the buyout market, ends up with the uh, with the Brooklyn Nets. Um, so... I kind of look at it this way. I think it's fair right now to be asking that question. Are the Lakers, if you look at the entire league, and I just brought up three reasons why things have kind of changed from the start of the season, why you might have some hesitation to say the Lakers are still the favorite. Um, Let's just put it this way. They got a tough road in front of them. No question about it. But I do think the biggest challenge the Lakers are going to face this year and that that road to get to the NBA Finals could very well be uh, the gauntlet in the West could be Denver, Clippers, and the Jazz just to get to the Finals against the uh, Brooklyn Nets. That that could be the road and the path just to get to the NBA Finals. Um, and, and I think the Brooklyn Nets, that's going to be the biggest obstacle that the Lakers face no matter what happens. And obviously they have to get through the Western Conference first. Uh, your toughest opponent would be waiting in the NBA Finals. A dogfight versus the Nets uh, could go either way if you get to the NBA Finals. So there's you know, obviously still a lot of questions. But I thought, I thought that part was interesting because all season long, the Lakers have been the favorites. These sports books, the Vegas, and you know all the different odds makers. Uh, by the way, I read off, read off these numbers. When I say thirteen to five odds, fourteen to five, plus two fifty, plus two seventy, I'm just literally reading those because I'm not exactly the the biggest on the uh, on the betting market there, Curtis. Uh, people don't come to me when they're looking for their uh, betting odds. Um, but this is the first time that I could remember that the Brooklyn Nets are now the favorites. So here's a here's a question I think I'm asking for myself. Is the Blake Griffin deal, is that deal to the Nets that big of a deal uh, to change the odds makers to now make the Brooklyn Nets the favorites? Um, so I, I'm looking at this, and it's not like I'm sitting back and I'm following the Pistons every day, but I'm curious, okay, well, how is Blake Griffin doing? By the way, a lot of the reason he did get a chance today to explain why he chose the Brooklyn Nets um, you know, I'm sure the Lakers were were trying to make a case why their roster was the right fit for Blake Griffin. He said that they need a four. Um, he's obviously trying to win an NBA championship. And him and DeAndre Jordan, their days in the Clippers, these are two good friends, two close friends. So that obviously played a role as well. Um, but let me just kind of explain here, Blake Griffin. This is not the same Blake Griffin that you're accustomed to seeing when he was with the Clippers. The guy this this season alone is averaging 12 points and 5 rebounds a game. 12 points and 5 rebounds. And, and the reason why I'm pointing that out is um, I think the name sounds a lot bigger than the actual player. I think the name, you know, I, I saw this on Twitter, and it was I just kind of showing the roster and the superstar. There's Kyrie Irving, there's James Harden, Kevin Durant, and there's Blake Griffin. And I'm looking at it, and I, I'm not trying to – I guess I am trying to, I guess, downplay a little bit this uh, this deal to the uh, to the Brooklyn Nets. It's just not the same Blake Griffin. So, is it is it that big of a deal that Blake Griffin joined the Nets? I don't think it's that big of a deal. I don't think it's, um, you know, I, I don't think it should shift the NBA odds makers to thinking, well, if the Lakers were the championship favorites, watch out now because Blake Griffin is a part of the Brooklyn Nets. Um, now this thing completely shifts over to the Brooklyn Nets. I don't think Blake Griffin is anywhere near what he used to be back in the days with the Clippers. What I will say is this. I remember um, when Blake Griffin's name came up and Detroit was basically going to sit this guy, the same way that they're sitting Andre Drummond, Cleveland sitting Andre Drummond. I remember when um, Michael and I were doing a pregame show and I, I told Michael, I said, look, if this guy becomes the second best player on a team, that team's got no chance to win a championship. Now, if he's the fourth or fifth best player or even third best player, then then you might you might be onto something here. And that was me basically referencing the fact that Blake Griffin's not the player that he used to be. So this is actually it's a perfect situation for Blake Griffin. 
Um, he's not going to be the guy that if things aren't going right, they're going to point the finger at him. There's plenty of other players that the finger's going to be pointed at if things aren't going well. But I don't understand how this addresses for the Brooklyn Nets. How does it address defense? How does it address a big? How does it address guarding Anthony Davis if you happen to face the Lakers in the NBA playoffs? Um, I can see Blake Griffin actually making more sense to the Lakers than making more sense to the Nets. I just don't think that the odds and the earth should have shook because Blake Griffin joined the Brooklyn Nets. And why am I bringing this up? Because I think what it's coming down to between the Lakers and the Nets seems to be the conversation everybody's having about the two favorites in the West and the other favorite, obviously, in the Eastern Conference. I don't think Blake Griffin, um, I don't think it changes things that big because he's joining the Brooklyn Nets. I still don't think they have a center. I still don't think they have a you know a defensive. First of all, they don't play defense, and Blake Griffin's not going to help with that. And what they really don't have is somebody to guard Anthony Davis. So I'll throw this out to Laker fans: um, Is this Blake Griffin deal that big of a deal? Are the Nets now the favorites to win an NBA championship? Are they should they be the favorites over the Los Angeles Lakers? And I know for the Lakers, things are all going to come down to health. Well, it's the same thing for Brooklyn as well. I mean, if Kevin Durant's not 100% healthy and he can't go, then uh, I'm sorry. As great as those other players are, I don't think they're going to win an NBA championship. And trust me, they're great. James Harden's been amazing over there. Kyrie can drop 30 any given night. Um, but I don't think you know. I don't think that's going to be the what what moves and shakes the NBA. It's because of Blake Griffin. Eight seven 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 ten ESPN. I want to give a quick uh, quick shout out here. So um, Valvoline Instant Oil Change. Home of the 15-minute drive-through oil change. Visit SoCalOilChange.com for locations and coupons today. Uh, they're one of our newest sponsors on Lakers Talk. Greatly appreciate their partnership. Takes about 15 minutes to go get an oil change. You literally don't have to get it out of your car. Imagine you going to Starbucks and you just order whatever you order and you sit in line and you wait and then you finally get up and it takes 15 minutes. You grab your drink and you go. That's literally how it is at Valvoline to go get an oil change. So don't wait on it. Thank you to uh, Valvoline for being a part of the show. Um, when we come back, I'm going to answer some of your phone calls. Plus, I got to talk about, I'm going to transition from this Blake Griffin to the Nets and another big piece that's still out there. I know we're just getting back from the All-Star break, but I'm ready, I'm ready to go for the second half of the season here. Um, Mark Stein put out a tweet from the New York Times earlier today that could have a significant shift of what happens the rest of the way. Obviously, that involves the Los Angeles Lakers. I appreciate you guys tuning in. Stay right here. This is Lakers Talk on 710 ESPN. Real quick, what's the easiest choice you can make? Window seat over middle? Beach vacation over camping? What about selling with Shopify? <laughs> Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash network, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash network now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash network. Wow, we had three days off. Curtis, I mean, that's enough. How many more days off do I need here? That's enough. All right, let's get back to work. Uh, All-Star Weekend was uh, it was okay. I got Michael coming up at 7.30. I'm sure he's going to be very passionate about giving his opinion about All-Star Weekend. Uh, what I'm going to ask him is, how do they determine these scores in the slam dunk contest? I have no idea. One dunk that I watch, I'm like, yeah, that's awful, and it's getting a 10. The dunk that I like gets an 8. I don't understand how any of that works, so we'll get into that in a little bit. Conversation we're having right now is about the Lakers and if they are uh, still championship favorites. According to a couple of these you know, betting sites, uh, no, Brooklyn Nets are, that Blake Griffin has put the Brooklyn Nets now uh, in a position where they're actually the favorites to win the uh, championship coming up here, where it's been the Lakers all season long, and and don't get me wrong, there, there's questions about the Lakers, there's question marks, of course, about Anthony Davis, but uh, we still got a long way to go, so I think some of those questions could be calmed down a little bit because you don't start the NBA playoffs until May third week of May or whatever the case is. Jay Williams on um, Keyshawn, Jay Will, Zuman, and Travis. Take a listen to what Jay Williams thinks about this Blake Griffin deal to the uh, to the Brooklyn De- Brooklyn Nets. With the addition of Blake Griffin, hear me. If Kevin Durant is healthy, we're Blake Griffin, Kyrie Irving, James Harden. It's over. It's over. 
I will pick them to be the favorite over the Los Angeles Lakers. James Harden right now is my MVP. You can wave me off key, say whatever you want. He's the perfect player to fit with how James, Kyrie, and KD play. All right, uh, listen, I almost had to laugh there. Actually, I was laughing behind the scenes, but I was trying to be a professional. I'm a professional, Curtis. Um, what, what am I missing here? What, how did Blake Griffin just make the Brooklyn Nets the, in Jay Williams' opinion, by far the favorites to win an NBA championship? Here's what would make one of these two teams by far the favorite to win an NBA championship. Find out what happens to Andre Drummond. That's the piece. That's the big piece that wherever it falls, wherever that chip eventually falls, if it falls to the Brooklyn Nets, uh, yeah, there's a there's already a problem in Brooklyn. Don't get me wrong. I'm not trying to stand here uh, and, and use this microphone and say that Brooklyn's not a threat. Brooklyn can win a championship, and if they win one um, in June, or I'm sorry, in July, don't be surprised. I wouldn't be shocked. You wouldn't be shocked. That's how stacked that team is. That's how good that team is. What I'm responding more to is that Blake Griffin seems to be the piece that is starting to turn people all towards the Brooklyn Nets. It doesn't make their defense any better. There's still no answer for Anthony Davis. Andre Drummond is the one piece that I think is the most important piece. I, I want to take some phone calls here. I'm going to take in just a second. Let me just read off this tweet from Mark Stein from earlier, uh, 877-710-ESPN. So this is what Mark, uh, Mark Stein tweeted out from the New York Times. This was earlier today. He says, There is optimism within the Lakers that they will get strong consideration for Andre Drummond if Drummond ultimately leaves the Cavaliers via buyout. Cleveland's preference, of course remains trading Drummond elsewhere before the March 25th trade deadline. Um, Cleveland's trying to get, you know, obviously as many assets as they can for a player that could have a significant impact. I, I got to I gotta tell you, I, I just got this feeling that Andre Drummond and where he eventually lands, whether that's up to him or if the Cavaliers have to make a trade, um, if you're a Laker fan, I know you are. This is obviously common knowledge here. Um this is a big piece. That, to me, is the big piece. That's the piece that I think if the Lakers got Andre Drummond, I don't know about you guys, but I'll be walking a little bit differently on my way to the studio if the Lakers have Andre Drummond. Um, that's how significant of a player I think he would be for the Lakers. It was almost actually a relief when you were seeing that Blake Griffin went to the Nets. And that doesn't mean that they can't go out and still get Drummond. Um, but if the Lakers found a way to get Andre Drummond, according to Mark Stein's uh, tweet from this morning, that they're giving it strong consideration, or at least they feel like they're going to get strong consideration from Andre Drummond if a buyout eventually happens. Talk about the rich getting richer. Do you know Andre Drummond almost averages 14 rebounds a, uh, a game? Um, the dude is a banger down low, uh, likes the activity, likes the physicality. You could say he's Montrez Harrell, but a lot bigger. And I'm using that as an example just because we get to see Montrez Harrell on a on a night-in-night-out basis. Okay, i got to take some phone calls. I know we got some people that want to ch- uh, chat here. Jay in L.A., Jay, what's going on? It, whether whether you want to talk about if you think the Lakers are still the favorites to win a championship, what you think of the Blake Griffin deal to the Nets and what that means to the Lakers, the floor is yours, buddy. Yeah, sure. Uh, I also called the other day when you guys were doing the in-and-out talk, so I hope you're getting your in-and-out order <laughs> right, Sliwa. We got you, man. We're here for you. Um, but, yeah, yeah, just to kind of – talk about it i mean you just brought it up andre drummond is averaging a double double right now on his statistical you know analysis like griffin on a good night is getting 12 points so i think i think what odds makers are considering and like if you like the lakers you know if you want to put your money on it you take them now because i believe personally that we are going to get andre drummond he, he wants to come to la and then when we get ad back at 100 percent, whenever that is as long as we don't slip below like a six, seven seed, you know, I mean, we're talking outrageous fees here at this point. But I think the Lakers have a very good chance to win. But like to answer specifically the question, yeah, like right now, odds makers don't trust the Lakers lineup, right? We're not the same team um, on the court without AD. And then even when Schroeder was out, you know, we kind of we slacked a little bit with that situation as well. So I just think that like moving forward, I, I'm not going to say that no, the Lakers are not going to be considered favorites but i think the way like the vegas like team kind of sees it is that uh right now that you know the nets do kind of have a bit of an advantage one team i don't think one, like, one, one team jay right one team jay is and i appreciate you calling i want to get a couple more calls in 
one team is trending one way, the Lakers are trending another. And, and that's um, – there's no – there's no way of uh, avoiding that. Lakers are trending the wrong way, but there are reasons for it. So that's why, you know, you guys know the last couple of weeks, I- I've not been one to be too concerned about what's happened with the Lakers because it's just so early and there's reasons for it. If the Lakers lost eight of 11 games and they were completely healthy and they were losing to all these teams that they should beat or losing to these teams they should be making statements against, okay, well, that's a different problem. But when you just do not have the firepower that you know you're going to have later on, it's obviously a different story. Uh, Sean in L.A., what's going on, Sean? Hey, what's going on? Long-time caller, first-time caller as well. Uh, Really what I want to know is why they ain't signed Paul Gasol yet. Um, I know he ready. mm Mm-hmm. I'll, I'll well, explain. Yep, go ahead. My, my uh, bad, Sean. Appreciate you yeah, calling yeah, in. Let, you let, know, let me let me kind of just jump in here. I'll, I'll make it real easy for you. Um, I don't think they're signing Powell's because I don't think that, you know, 40, 40 plus years old, that they think he's still a player that can um, give what the team needs. I remember this was early on the season when Marcus Gasol uh, signed with the Lakers, and there was a conversation about Powell. And Mark said it, it all comes down to, to Powell's health. Powell's health wasn't where it needed to be. So I don't think, look, if the Lakers thought that they can use um, Pau Gasol, why would they hesitate? It's Pau Gasol. He's a two-time champion with the Lakers. He's going to have his jersey one time hanging, at one point hanging at Staples Center. Um, I did get a little confused there, Curtis, because he said long-time caller, first-time caller. That I have never heard yeah, before. Yeah, that was my first thought, too. I was like, all right. Long-time caller, first-time caller. I think it was long-time listener. First time caller, but I appreciate it, it. I appreciate the call either way. Uh, Steve, what's going on? Steve in North Hollywood. Hey, uh, <laughs> that was um, listen, I want to co- cover a couple topics and I'm going to do this real quick. But um, listen, the Blake Griffin thing, let's start with that. Um, I was very happy to see the Nets sign him because, first of all, I think both Morris and Coos who basically are playing the same position, mm-hmm. are better options at this point in Griffin's career. He can't shoot the three. Uh, high basketball IQ, good passer. Uh, you know, I like him as a player a few years ago. But his name, his he's name is bigger. He, has, he hasn't dunked in a year and a half, right? His, his name um, is bigger than his productivity. Put it that correct. way. Correct. Mm-hmm. Now, right. So I thought, okay, let him go there. Fine. He, he doesn't help us. He absolutely doesn't help us. And we have a stacked roster at, at that position. Um but what worries me in the big picture is is I do think that, that the Nets are the favorite. And it's clear, right, that the East is an easier path. There's no question it's an easier path. I didn't know that it would be before the season, but I know it now. Um, between the, the injuries of certain players on certain teams and Boston taking kind of the step back, and I just feel like they're really going to walk through, uh, mm. within reason, walk through the East. Maybe they'll have a, a, a problem uh, in the in the conference finals. But – in the big picture for the Lakers, we don't know about AD's health. We really don't. Um, and we only have really one guard, one guard now, uh, just like kind of like last year, who's a distributor, um, and that was Rondo. And Rondo really stepped it up in the playoffs. We, we don't know what we're going to get you know, out of Schroeder. So that does worry me. Also, I don't like the minutes LeBron's playing. And um, that's a, that really is going to, you know, over the course of the season, going to matter. But the, the other thing that really – concerns me other than the West being tough, <laughs> really tough, is yes, you mentioned it, Drummond. Look, Drum I think the Lakers greatly underestimated uh the loss of Dwight Howard. Might be right. I thought that was a done deal. Mm-hmm. D- Dwight thought that was a done deal, right? And um I really think that they they overestimated what uh Marcus all had left in the tank. Sure, he can stretch the floor, but nobody has to go out and get him because he hasn't been consistent enough from out there, and he's not playing enough minutes. And when he's in the paint, he's there's times when he's three feet from the basket, and he still chooses to pass. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I really don't like him on the floor in most situations, even though he's incredibly knowledgeable. I mean, it's basketball. Steve, I, Steve, I appreciate amazing. it. I appreciate. It. Thank you for calling in. We got to go uh, again uh, closer to commercial break. I, I got a couple of things I want to get into real quick. So I put out a tweet. Um, Assuming the Lakers are healthy, do they have enough as is to win a championship? All right? Assuming the Lakers are healthy, do they have enough as is to win a championship? And one of my options was yes, roster is good to go. Another option was no, need another piece. I'm going to read off some of these tweets, and I'll take some of your phone calls on that. 877-710-ESPN at 745. 
Um, I'm going to ask Michael that uh, that same question. By the way, quick reminder here. Pack your victory dance and go all in on fun at Harris Resort SoCal. From dining to unwinding, fun is a sure bet at the best resort in Funner, California. Are you game for a getaway? Start planning your trip by visiting harrissocal.com. Uh, let's say you don't want to hop on a plane. You want to do something with it in, within a couple hours. Uh, definitely something safe. Harris SoCal. That's the best option for you. Feel like you actually get away and you get away to a fantastic resort. HarrisSoCal.com. Get some more information there. Thank you to their partnership. Michael Thompson coming uh, coming up next. This is Lakers Talk on 710 ESPN. Now, let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac weighing heavy on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue and ready for the play. And... Boom! Añejo Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good! The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the Hypnotic team. Every season is Hypnotic and Tequila season. Hypnotic Liqueur, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. All right, welcome back to uh, Lakers Talk. I want to welcome in Michael Thompson. Michael, what's going on? Uh, I am taping Monday Night Raw, and I'll watch it in about uh, an hour. Mm -hmm. And uh, I don't watch it live because, you know, I just, uh, in three hours of Raw, I could watch 20 minutes of the good stuff, and I had to Mm -hmm. waste uh, two hours and 40 minutes. That sounds like a very strategic game plan there, Michael. It sounds like you're not wasting any time. No, no, I I can't do that. I can't, you know... In the old days, I used to watch every second of Raw Live because it was so good every segment, but uh, those days are long gone. Michael, what do you do during the break? Are, do, you, do you get bored? Uh, no, no, no. I uh, have things to do. Of course, I watch all my favorite programs that I taped. Uh, I go out and ride my e-bikes. I work out in the garage, you know, so cook. So I find things to do to keep, and I appreciate the, the downtime and just yeah. look at the view and smoke a cigar. And so, you know, you yeah, it's good to, you always got to find something to do. You, know, you miss work because what we do isn't work. It's so much fun. But uh, when we do have a break, you know, I find things to keep myself occupied. That doesn't sound like uh that's not bad right there, Michael. That's not bad. What, I want get your initial thoughts. What do you think of, what do you think of all-star Sunday? And you can, you can go wherever you want on this. You could talk about the dunk contest. You can talk about the three point contest. Uh, you and I have already chatted about, the skills challenge and how it's for fourth graders, the game, what, what kind of stood out to you on, on Sunday? The dunk contest and the three point shooting contest was great Steph. You know, that last second, that last uh, shot he needed to win, mm-hmm. you know, him and Mike Conley put on a good show. And, um, and the dunk contest was really good between Anthony Simons. I thought they robbed Cassius Stanley. That first dunk he did was tremendous. Okay, so the game itself. So, so, so Michael, good. Michael, real quick on the dunk contest. Help me understand. Yeah. How do these guys score it? I, I don't understand what the criteria is because you got the you got the announcers. Kenny Smith was on there. Um, trying to think, was it Dwayne Wade? I think was on there as well. All of them on the first dunk, like you mentioned, with. Uh, with uh, Cassius Stanley. Yeah, Stanley. Um, yeah. The first dunk, everybody's like, oh, that's a 10, no question about it. Guy was getting eights. And then there were other dunks you weren't that impressed with or it took him two, three tries to get the dunk, and they're giving nines and tens. Do you understand how any of this works? No, it's all subjective. The uh, the judges are very uh, uh, biased mm-hmm. you know, on some things. Maybe they want to see a dunk they've never seen before. We all do that. We all want to see a dunk we've never seen before. The one Cassius Stanley threw up, his first one was very impressive. I thought that was a 50 all the way across. The the one where Anthony Simons almost kissed the rim. Right there, right. I think maybe he could do that. I think he was worried about, you know, banging his lips I or agree. his teeth are too hard against the rim. And that's why he sort of backed off. I really believe he really tried to do that. Where he had confidence. Maybe he should put like a mouth guard in mm-hmm. over, over his lips so he can really go up there and bang his lips on the rim because <laughs> that's one dunk we have never seen no. before. I mean, that was... So impressive that he had his head, forehead up by the rim, and I really thought if he really wanted to try it, he maybe he could be able to touch his lips on the rim. That would then that would be the greatest dunk we've ever seen. If he could do that, okay. So uh, this is my question then on the dunk contest. All right, so three point contest, who won it? Steph, right? And you've and you've said this before. Um, you would probably put Steph and Clay as one two. Uh, greatest shooters of all time. So the best shooters end up at the three-point contest. 
why can't we get the best dunkers in the dunk contest? I mean, just help me understand this, Michael, because if the game is all about entertainment and it's all about entertaining the fans and it's all about, you know, promoting your stars and you know what, maybe that the game on Sunday and all the activities shouldn't have happened because of COVID-19, but we're going to do it anyways and we're going to try and be smart about it and we're going to donate money here and there. How can you not get your stars, your absolute best athletes, to be in this dunk contest? I don't understand it, Michael. I really don't. Yeah, I guess some guys are not like in the past, and you have Drexler and Jordan and Dominique and uh, Sean Kobe, the real big stars. Kobe, it's all the real big stars who also can dunk in the dunk contest. Now, I think the uh, the stars, the really big stars who can dunk and put on the show. Maybe they think they're a little too cool for it. Uh, they think maybe if they don't win it, it'll hurt their brand. Um, but like next year's dunk contest, well, what they have to do to fix it is everybody start all the sponsors. The NBA's got to stop being so cheap. Mm-hmm. Um, they got to put a million dollars up to the winner. Whatever it takes. You know, maybe like like seven hundred, like seven, say seven hundred goes to the player or to mm-hmm. the dunker, and three hundred goes to his his charity of his choice. Mm-hmm. You know, maybe he has a foundation that he could donate, donate the $300,000 to the, his foundation you know, that helps get whatever community he's involved in, right? So that's what they should do. Put a million bucks up. They can get some sponsor to do it, some Gatorade or some soft drink or Bolt 24 or some car dealer to do it. Put up a million bucks. And so the, and then that could maybe attract guys like Zion and John Morant and the real household names that people want to see dunk. And Because uh, next year they've got to get – Zion to do. They can even get the shoe companies that these guys Absolutely. represent to talk to the shoe companies and say, hey, listen, if, if, Zion, if Zion wins it, he gets an extra million-dollar bonus uh, from, from Nike or from Jordan Brand, whoever um, or he endorses, and you know, half that money could go to his school for scholarships mm-hmm. for, for underprivileged kids. So there's ways they're gonna, they can uh, enhance it to entice the big-name guys to t- stay involved, but it's going to take some money to do it. Yeah, it's just uh, it's a frustrating one because, you know, you say, and I, I agree with you that I think there are players out there who think they're kind of above it, like too cool for the dunk contest. Well, why is Steph doing the three-point contest then? That's the greatest shooter of all time, and because he's still doing it. Shooting is less taxing mm-hmm. and uh, on the body, and I guess guys aren't as embarrassed about you know, having a bad shooting round as opposed to going up and missing dunks hmm. and uh, maybe being mocked or scoffed at on the internet, on social media. Maybe that's what they're worried about. No. Michael, as you always say, sometimes they're too soft. I think they're too soft on this one. I think they should not worry about it. And there's a lot of positives that come out of it. I just kind of look at Zion as an example. If Zion was in the dunk contest yesterday, and I know yesterday was unique because it was at halftime of the game. Um, but if he was in the dunk contest, I just... Think about the chatter two weeks leading up to it. Think about when he's yeah. actually up there and everything, you know, from a social perspective, how many people would be paying attention. I think there's an opportunity there that's missed from the NBA, but I guess they can only do so much. Yeah, and the Dunkers were good. Cassius Stanley was good, even though they cheated him. Obi was all right. And mm-hmm. Anthony Simons put on a good show, but they're just not the big names and the stars that people want to see. The game itself was a joke. Um, you know, sure, they had the... 24 points that you got to score at the end of the uh, in the last quarter, but by that time the game was over because of the tickle and giggle and uh, <laughs> and fooling around that they did for the 36 minutes prior, sure. where there was no defense being played, and it's just it's just a joke. Yeah, like last year when the game was played, the guys really competed hard in the end because uh, the game was close. But by the time they got to the fourth quarter and team. Uh, Durant was down by 25 points or something like that. Then it's over. They don't have enough time to catch up and uh, win the game. So, but before that, even before they got to the fourth quarter, I turned it off. I said, I, I watched like the first six or seven minutes. I said, enough of this crap. Well, they I, weren't even trying. It was just a layup line, really. And Michael, I mean, the the teams were lopsided. I mean, they were incredibly lopsided as far as Embiid obviously couldn't no, play. You know, Embiid couldn't play for for Durant. Um, that obviously yeah, was. Yeah, but I don't care about that. I mean. LeBron had more stars, but the other guys on the, on the East or Durant could play too. And if they played hard, maybe the game would have been close. You're right. But the first three quarters, they didn't care. But the first three quarters, they, yeah, nobody cared. They weren't even trying. They were mm-hmm. basically jogging up and down the floor, shooting fifty foot threes and stuff. <laughs> and you know that's that, I don't know if any I don't know how anybody found that entertaining. And that was a joke. It reminded mm-hmm. me of sitting in the stands in Toronto 
when the final score was 198 to like 194. And I said, this is embarrassing to the league. Hmm. Well, I, I wish, uh, you know, it, it's kind of like a, it's a fine line to walk because I'm with you. I'm I'm at this of the mindset of the whole reason why you watch sports is because you love the competition. And when you take the competition yeah. out, now you just you feel like you're just screwing around, two guys outside just shooting around, and nobody cares. And I know, look, these players are also not trying to – they're trying to avoid injury and everything else. But uh, let's just say that they got it done, and now we can move on to the second half of the season. Michael, your thoughts. What what do you think of the Blake Griffin to the Nets deal? Well, if you even read my Twitter all day, I said, man, this, this is uh, not good for the Lakers. He, that's a great addition to the Nets. Gives them another veteran player who's hungry to win, who's willing to go there and do whatever it takes to fit in, who still has some skills left. Blake Griffin's the kind of guy – He's not going to give you 25 every night, but every now and then he might pop up. And if uh, KD and Harden and Kyrie or Joe Harris needs another score, all of a sudden he go, he'll give them 17 or 21 because he still can do that from time to time and be a presence in the post, uh, drawing fouls and knocking down the mid-range shots. So that's a huge addition to, for the Nets, and it just shows that all the, I guess, they're now the betting favorites to win. And uh, given good health, everybody has to be healthy. When the Lakers see the Nets in the finals, man, that's going to be a tough series to win. I know the Lakers still have AD and LeBron, but, man, they got they got three uh, Hall of Famers. Now they got another Hall of Famer they just added who's willing to go there and do whatever it takes. They're going to be tough. Well, Michael, you know, the, the interesting, interesting thing is I think a couple weeks ago when that story came out that the Pistons were going to sit uh, Blake Griffin and try and figure out a deal whether they were able to trade him, but everybody kind of knew most likely it's going to be a buyout. Um, I remember us talking about how he's got to be the third or fourth best player on wherever he goes, and then you know that that team's you know adding a piece that they're not depending on Blake Griffin every night. So that's certainly, I think, a great um, situation for Blake Griffin. I don't know. I mean, I, I tell you this. Does it plug any of their holes on the defensive side? I don't think it does. Does it give them an answer against Anthony Davis? I don't think it does. I'm still looking at what happens to Andre Drummond. I, I feel like that's the big chip. If he ends up with either the Lakers or he ends up with a different team, depending on what team that is, I think he's the one that um, you know you should really obviously keep your eye eye out on if you're a Laker fan. We'll see what happens, but that that's the one that I'm um, I'm most cautious of. Yeah, Andre Drummond's wasting time. I don't think anybody's going to trade for him and give up a young piece or pieces to get him. So Andre needs to go to the Cavs. I think he's owed. This is the last year of his deal. Yep. So he's, I think he's got about let's say he's got twenty million left on his deal. He needs to go to the Cavs. So listen, just. Buy me out, uh, give me $16 million and you guys keep the other four so he can go sign with either here with the Lakers or with the Clippers or with Boston. Hmm. Obviously, the Nets don't need him anymore. Uh, I'm sure they would like to get him, but they don't really need him. Uh, Philadelphia doesn't need him. So there's only three places he can go, Andre Drummond, if he wants to compete for a championship. That's L.A. with the two teams or with Boston. Toronto, eh, I don't think so. So that's where he needs to be deciding where he wants to go and go to the Cavs. Just buy me out, give me my $16 million out of my $20 million left, or whatever it is, let me get out of here and go sign with a title contender so I can get my ring. And um, But uh, Blake Griffin, yeah, you're right. Lakers still got Anthony Davis. But when they see the Nets in the finals, mm-hmm. you know, Blake Griffin's a big, strong body. He can lean on AD. Uh, they can throw DeAndre Jordan on it for a, for a few minutes. They've got this young Claxton kid who's now getting a lot of time and experience. He's long and, and athletic. They can throw all these bodies at AD now where Kevin Durant could just deal with LeBron straight up because he's done that twice in the finals and uh, outplayed him. Hmm. So the Nets are – they're, they're, Oh, they're they for real. Good enough defense. <laughs> they, they play good enough defense. They're not the Detroit Pistons, the bad boy Pistons defense or the Chicago Bulls, but they're good enough on defense that uh, – any team that sees them, they're gonna. It's gonna be tough to beat them, even the Lakers. Michael, uh, final one. Uh, what's your expectations for the Lakers' second half of the season? What What are you hoping to see? What are some things that you think the Lakers gotta improve on, and maybe even some things that are just out of their hands from a health perspective? What are you expecting in the second half? Nothing. Uh, Lakers basketball wise are fine. You just they just gotta hope, hope that they stay healthy. Keep LeBron and AD at a hundred percent. That's the only concern the Lakers have. Yeah, I know. Shoot, all those guys are important too. Don't get me wrong. Obviously, they need them, but 
the main thing is health for the Lakers. And AD and LeBron could be at 100% going into the playoffs with the, and, and everybody else too. Then the Lakers are the favorites to come out of the West, even though the Clippers are going to be a problem and so will uh, Utah. But the Lakers are still a team to beat in the West as long as they're blessed with good health. Michael, thank you, buddy. We'll see you on, uh, we'll see you on Friday. That's right. We've got to get back to work right. then, huh? Jeez. <laughs> I almost forgot. <laughs> All right, Michael. We'll see you then. All right. All right. That's Michael Thompson right there. Uh, yes, we got to go back to work on Friday. Um, yeah, I don't know. There's a there's a lot of things that kind of stick out to me from from what Michael was just mentioning right there. I'm going to go back to this because I, I think Michael, uh, you know, you could obviously hear in his voice talking about the Brooklyn Nets that, yeah, that's going to be a problem. Um, assuming the Lakers are healthy, do they have enough as is to win a championship? Do the Lakers need to add anything to this roster? 877-710-ESPN. We'll take some phone calls when we come back. I'll read some of your tweets. Appreciate you guys being a part of the show. Stay right here. This is Lakers Talk on 710 ESPN. All right, is your vehicle due for service? Head into your neighborhood Valvoline Instant Oil Change, home of the 15-minute drive-through oil change. Here's a great example of how easily I can waste 15 minutes. Uh, Curtis got here, um, you know, a couple hours before the show. We started talking about prepping. I probably spent 20 minutes. I don't know what I was talking about, Curtis, but you, in your mind, were probably saying this wasn't probably the best use of your 15 minutes in your life where for instant for uh, Valvoline instant oil change you get an oil change in just 15 minutes for over 30 years Valvoline has provided quick and convenient automotive maintenance services for busy people just like you no dragging the kids to a dirty waiting room at Valvoline you stay in your car you stay safe while the expert technicians make sure your ride is in peak performance I'll make it as simple as possible if you're if you need an oil change and um, you know, you're obviously out and about and, and you, this is something that you got to just get in and get out and Valvoline instant oil change will get the job done. Oil changes, tire rotations, transmission care, more just pull up, drive in and drive out in about 15 minutes. The website, socaloilchange.com. You can learn, you can search for locations and game winning coupons off your next Valvoline instant oil change. When you're on a business trip, you know what goes completely off the rails? Your workout routine, especially when you book a hotel that doesn't have a gym. So what ends up happening is you do a few push-ups and sit-ups in your room, run around the block, or just skip it entirely. Lame. If you just stay at La Quinta by Wyndham, you'll discover there's a fully equipped fitness center at every location. Now you can wake up and power your buys and tries the right way or de-stress with some cardio. The choice is yours. Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. 877-710-ESPN. This is a question I threw out on Twitter before the show started. Assuming the Lakers are healthy, do they have enough as is to win a championship? This kind of actually surprised me a little bit. So I'm asking Laker fans, you good with the roster? Any issues with the roster? Um, Or do you think, no, this roster's got to add another piece or two? 57% say that the Lakers are not good as is, 42% says, yes, the roster is good to go. Um, Let me read off a couple tweets here. Dr. Ari Fermandi says, I would say the answer is neither. Uh, Lakers need pieces. So more than one, at least two, athletic big man and a 3 and D, which, by the way, I don't disagree with that, practically replacing Gasol and Wes's roles They've been ineffective first half of the season, and I don't think these two will improve. Um, Christian Landon on Twitter. The Nets are too loaded, and I think it's fairly obvious at this point. Even before the Blake Griffin signing, I felt the same. Our offense is in the middle of the pack. We wouldn't be able to match buckets with them. We probably need more three-point shooting just to make it out of the West. Um, Gabe Perkins on Twitter. Nobody talks about the health of the Nets. Katie has missed a lot of games this year. Kyrie has missed the playoffs due to injury um, out last year, out during a Celtic playoff year, missed finals with the Cavs. He gets hurt a lot. All right, so um, Laker fans, uh, a little bit everywhere on Twitter. I am actually a little – I'm a little surprised the – I'm surprised that percentage, 57%. I mean, listen, I've kind of said this over the last couple of weeks or so, more than that – Laker fans have been talking for a long time about a rim protector. And I hear Dwight Howard's name come up all the time. Why did the Lakers underestimate Dwight? Did they not think um he was as that should have been a player that the Lakers kept? I've heard that a ton. Um I'm of the belief 
that the Lakers can win a championship with this roster, but I also am of the belief that if you can obviously make your life a little bit easier, then you want to do it. And I think Brooklyn is kind of forcing the Lakers to go have to up their roster a little bit. Before the season started, James Harden wasn't on the Brooklyn Nets, neither was Blake Griffin. Now they're both on that roster. So yes, that that naturally changes things. Um, you know, I, I I don't know why I didn't even I wasn't even bringing this up, but when I mentioned Andre Drummond, you know, one of the teams that I hadn't talked about was what if he landed with the Clippers? Yeah, that's a problem. That's definitely a problem if he lands with the Clippers. So there are a few teams out there, and I and I still continue to believe that whatever happens to Andre Drummond. Um, and if he ends up with one of these contenders, I mean, hell, I, I wouldn't mind him just staying in the East Coast. Just don't don't have it be with Brooklyn if he's not coming to the Lakers. The last thing I want to see is him uh, with the Clippers. Let me take a couple quick phone calls here. Uh, King in L.A. King, what's going on? I appreciate you calling in. What's go? Uh, what What's your what's thoughts? You, 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 you think I the Lakers like need the more? Lakers definitely. I feel like we definitely had to add more to the roster. I, I think one target in particular would be DeMar DeRozan. I think we need another shot creator, a third guy to take pressure off LeBron and AD. And if we can't get a guy like Drummond, then we should try to get Hassan Whiteside in a buyout or something like that. But we definitely need a rim protector at the five and a, another you know, two guard that can create off the dribble. What do you think of uh, Blake Griffin to the Nets? What's your thoughts on that? I think it, you know, it, it makes them deeper, you know, and that's that's dangerous come playoff time. The, the deeper a team is that's that good, it's just gonna make them more lethal. So we gotta we gotta match the firepower. We can't sit back and just stand pat. We gotta match the firepower. Appreciate you calling in. Thanks, King. Um, let's take another quick phone call. C two in South Central. What's going on? Thank you for calling in. Yeah, hello, how you doing? And I'm a observer since uh, 59, 60, so I've seen uh, quite a few great ball players. Mm-hmm. Listen, um, uh, when the uh, Brooklyn got Blake, Blake Griffith, uh, then, you know, it's case closed. The Lakers can't forget it. I didn't know the league was silly enough to let uh, the Brooklyn Nets get Blake Griffith. If he's one-third of the player he used to be, then uh, I don't care how sound and how healthy the Lakers are. They can forget it. If they get out of the West, they can forget it against Brooklyn. Mm. Interesting. I mean, I, C2, yeah, no, I mean, no, I, and, I, and I appreciate you calling in. I, I, I'll i say this. Um, I think I feel like that's what a lot of Laker fans are kind of expressing. I mean, even Michael was saying that that's obviously a dogfight in, uh, in the playoffs, and that I don't disagree with at all. If you get to the finals, I, I was talking about this earlier, think about the teams you got to get through in the West just to get there. Um but I, I guess I just wasn't expecting that that many Laker fans thought that, yeah, you have to make a deal. This isn't a luxury. It's a necessity. And I wouldn't have thought it was a necessity. I thought it was a luxury. I still think the Lakers, you know, of course, health is going to be a big part or a big key for the Lakers. But I guess at this point, it is um, uh, the Lakers got to make some kind of move, which, listen, I, w- I wouldn't be surprised if I'm sitting here. By the time the trade deadline comes, or passes, which I want to say is March 25th, by the time it passes, and by the time we get to the buyout market, no, I don't think it's a shock or a surprise. Lakers last year were active in the buyout market. I thought Markeith Morris coming to the Lake Show last season was so incredibly key and so incredibly big. Um, you know, I, I it could you could almost say that that was... That allowed the Lakers then to, no matter what team they played, whether they were playing the Rockets where they were going all small or they were playing um, you know, teams that were trying to match with them all big, physicality, didn't matter what any team brought them. They had the option of playing any style. Another, They had, a te- they had the option of adapting to any style that another team threw at them. And there are some styles now that you, know, you, you kind of sit back and wait, get Anthony Davis healthy, and see how the Lakers do on that front. But I'd, I'd actually be more surprised now that the Lakers don't do something to counter what has happened since the beginning of the season. Um, let me play something real quick. Mark Jackson was talking about Anthony Davis and kind of looking at big picture and making sure the Lakers don't rush him back. Take a listen to this. The thing I would do is make sure that he's 
100 percent i'm not putting him on the floor until he's 100 percent. and there's no reason if i'm the los angeles lakers for me to want to rush him back because if we we have a healthy anthony davis we'll be just fine whether we're the eighth seed the ninth seed or the one seed so the thing that they have to do is continue to you know progress with the role players allow them to gain some confidence and then make sure that anthony davis has the best possible you know people around him that puts him in position that gives him a chance to come back healthy and whole but he's too valuable to the franchise to this basketball team and being fair to him you don't want to put him on the floor until he's 100 percent because that's an injury that you don't want to mess with we've seen that movie before and how it ends all right that's uh mark jackson right there um big picture for the lakers uh around 8 15 i'll talk about second half expectations for the lakers and what we could expect and what we're expecting just in general from this lakers team as they uh continue the journey to number 18 um when we come back we got our top nba stories Appreciate you guys being a part of the show. Stay right here. This is Lakers Talk on 710 ESPN. All right, uh, Harris Resort SoCal, which is you could say about an hour and a half away uh, from L.A. or so, a perfect getaway, absolutely perfect getaway if you're looking to um, get out of town and not to hop on a flight and you want to make sure that wherever destination that you're going to is following the proper health and safety protocols. Pack your victory dance and go all in on fun at Harris Resort SoCal. Make a splash in Funner California's trifecta of pools. Dance with Lady Luck at one of 50 tables or 1,600 slots. Or tee up the uh, the fun in SoCal's first Top Golf Swing Suite. From dining to unwinding, scoring a good uh, good time is as easy as picking up a room key. Are you game for a getaway? So just let me make it very simple. HarrisSoCal.com. If you want some information on how you can get away. Uh, it's, a, it's a close enough drive where you don't have to get on a plane or something along those lines. And you can really, really get away for a couple of days. And I'm sure a lot of people have been um, spending a lot of time at home or spending a lot of time, obviously, uh, it, how things have changed with work and that work environment and everything else. You can get away and you can do it at harrissocal.com. 